Hello and welcome to the Bible Podcast. Today is March 31st. We're reading through the book of 1 Samuel. Today we'll cover chapters 14 and 15. Let's begin. 1 Samuel chapter 14. One day Jonathan, son of Saul, said to the young armor-bearer, Come on, let's cross over to the Philistine garrison on the other side. But he didn't let his father know his plans. Saul was staying near Gebeah under a pomegranate tree in Migron. He had about 600 men with him, including Ahijah, who was wearing an ephod. He was a son of Ichabod's brother Ahitub, son of Phinehas, son of Eli, priest of the Lord in Shiloh. No one realized Jonathan had left. Cliffs stood on both sides of the pass that Jonathan planned to cross to reach the Philistine garrison, one called Bozes and the other Sene. The cliff to the north was on the Michmash side, the one to the south on the Geba side. Jonathan said to the young armor-bearer, Come on, let's cross over to the garrison of these heathen men. Maybe the Lord will help us out. It's not a problem for the Lord to win, whether by many or by few. You choose what you want to do, the armor-bearer replied. I'm with you, whatever you decide. Let's go then, Jonathan said. We'll cross over in their direction so they can see us. If they tell us, wait there until we come down to you, we will wait where we are and we won't go up to them. But if they say, come on up to us, we'll climb up, for that will be the sign the Lord has handed them over to us. So both of them let themselves be seen by Philistine garrison. Hey, look, shouted the Philistines. The Hebrews are coming out of the holes they were hiding in. The men from the garrison called down to Jonathan and his armor bearer. Come up here and we'll teach you a thing or two. Follow me up, Jonathan told his armor bearer, for the Lord has handed them over to Israel. So Jonathan climbed up on his hands and feet with his armor bearer right behind him. Jonathan attacked and killed them, and his armor bearer followed doing the same. In this first attack, Jonathan and his armor bearer killed about 20 men over an area of half an acre. Then Philistines went into a panic in the camp, in the field, and throughout their army. Even those in the outposts and the groups of raiders became terrified. The earth shook. This was a panic from God. Saul's lookouts at Gebeah in Benjamin saw the Philistine army melting away, scattering in all directions. Saul told the soldiers with him, Do a roll call and find out who isn't here with us. When they did the roll call, they discovered that Jonathan and his armor-bearer weren't there. So Saul said to Ahijah, Bring the ark of God here. At the time, the ark of God traveled with the Israelites. But as Saul was speaking to the priest, the commotion coming from the Philistine camp grew louder and louder. So Saul told the priest, Forget it. Then Saul and his army assembled and went into battle. They discovered the Philistines were in total disarray, attacking each other with swords. The Hebrews who had previously sided with the Philistines and who were with them in their camp switched sides and joined the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan. When all the Israelites who had been hiding in the hill country of Ephraim heard that the Philistines were running away, they also joined in chasing after the Philistines to attack them. On that day, the Lord saved Israel, and the battle extended past Beth-Avon. It was difficult for the men of Israel that day because Saul had ordered the army to take an oath, saying, Cursed is anyone who eats anything before evening, before I have avenged myself on my enemies. So no one in the army had eaten anything. When they all entered the forest, they found honeycomb on the ground. While they were in the forest, they saw the honey running out, but no one picked it up to eat it because they were all afraid of the oath they had taken. But Jonathan hadn't heard that his father had ordered the army to take this oath. So he stuck the end of his stick into the honeycomb, picked up a piece to eat, 
and he felt much better. But one of the soldiers told him, Your father made the army take a solemn oath, saying, Cursed is anyone who eats anything today. That is why the men are exhausted. My father has caused a whole lot of trouble for everyone, Jonathan replied. See how well I am because I've eaten a little of this honey? It would have been so much better if only the army had eaten plenty today from the plunder taken from their enemies. How many more Philistines would have been killed? After defeating the Philistines that day, killing them from Michmash to Ajalon, the Israelites were totally exhausted. They grabbed the plunder, taking sheep, cattle, and calves, and slaughtered them right there on the ground. But they ate them with the blood. Saul was told, Look, the men are sinning against the Lord by eating meat with the blood. Lawbreakers, said Saul, roll a large stone over here right now. Then he said, Go around the soldiers and tell them, Every man must bring me his cattle or his sheep and slaughter them here, and then eat. Don't sin against the Lord by eating meat with the blood. Everyone in the army brought what he had and slaughtered it there that night. So Saul built an altar to the Lord. This was the first altar he had built to the Lord. Saul said, Let's go and chase down the Philistines during the night and plunder them till dawn, leaving no survivors. Do what you think best, they replied. But the priest said, Let's ask God first. Saul asked God, Shall I go down and chase the Philistines? Will you hand them over to Israel? But that day God did not answer him. So Saul gave the order, All of you army commanders, come here so we can investigate what sin has happened today. I swear on the life of the Lord who saves Israel, that even if it's my son Jonathan, he will have to die. But no one of the whole army said anything. Saul told them all, You stand over to one side, and I and my son Jonathan will stand on the opposite side. Do what you think best, the army replied. Saul prayed to the Lord, the God of Israel. Let the Thuman show. Jonathan and Saul were identified, while everyone else was cleared. Then Saul said, Cast lots between me and my son Jonathan. Jonathan was selected. Tell me what you have done, Saul asked Jonathan. I just tasted a little honey with the end of my stick, Jonathan told him. Here I am, and I have to die. Saul said, May God punish me very severely if you do not die, Jonathan. But the people told Saul, Does Jonathan have to die, the one who achieved this great victory in Israel? Absolutely not. We swear on the life of the Lord, not a single hair of his head will fall to the ground. For it was with God's help that he achieved this today. The people saved Jonathan, and he didn't die. Saul stopped chasing down the Philistines, and the Philistines went to their own country. After Saul had made his hold over Israel secure, he fought against his enemies all around, the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, the kings of Zobah, and the Philistines. Whatever direction he went, he defeated them all. He fought bravely, conquering the Amalekites, saving Israel from those who plundered them. Saul's sons were Jonathan, Ishvi, and Malkishua. The names of his two daughters were Mereb, the firstborn, and Michal, the younger one. The name of his wife was Ahinoam, daughter of Ahimaaz. The name of Saul's army commander was Abner, son of Ner, and Ner was Saul's uncle. Saul's father, Kish, and Abner's father, Ner, were sons of Abiel. Throughout Saul's lifetime, there was constant war with the Philistines. Saul recruited into his army every strong warrior and every brave fighter that he met. 1 Samuel 15 
Samuel told Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you king of his people Israel. So now pay attention to what the Lord has to say. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I observed what the Amalekites did to Israel when they ambushed them on their way from Egypt. Go and attack the Amalekites and exterminate all of them. Don't spare anyone, but kill every man, woman, child, and baby. Kill every ox, sheep, camel, and donkey. Saul called up his army at Telem. There were 200,000 Israelite infantry and 10,000 men from Judah. Saul advanced on the town of Amalek, and he set up an ambush in the valley. Saul sent a message to warn the Kenites, Move out of the area and leave the Amalekites so that I don't destroy you with them, because you showed kindness to all the people of Israel on their way from Egypt. So the Kenites moved away and left the Amalekites. Saul defeated the Amalekites from Havilah, as far as Shur, to the east of Egypt. He captured Agag, king of the Amalek, alive, but exterminated all the people by the sword. Saul and his army spared Agag, together with the best sheep and cattle, the fat calves and lambs, and everything else that was any good. They didn't want to destroy those, but they completely destroyed all that was unwanted and worthless. The Lord sent a message to Samuel, saying, I am sorry I made Saul king, for he has given up following me and hasn't done as I ordered. Samuel was upset, and he cried out to the Lord all through the night. Samuel got up early in the morning and went to meet Saul, but he was told Saul's gone to Carmel. There he's even erected a monument to honor himself, and now he's left and gone down to Gilgal. When Samuel caught up with him, Saul said, The Lord bless you. I have done what the Lord ordered. So what's this bleeding of sheep my ears are picking up? What's this lowing of cattle that I hear? Samuel asked. Well, the army brought them from the Amalekites, Saul replied. They spared the best sheep and cattle to sacrifice to the Lord your God. But we completely destroyed the rest. Be quiet, Samuel told Saul. Let me tell you what the Lord told me last night. Well, tell me what he said, Saul replied. Once you didn't used to think much of yourself, but haven't you become the leader of the tribes of Israel, Samuel asked. The Lord anointed you king of Israel. Then he sent you out to do something, telling you, Go and exterminate those sinners, the Amalekites. Attack them until they're all destroyed. Why didn't you do what the Lord ordered? Why did you swoop down on the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? But I did do what the Lord ordered, Saul replied. I went and I did what the Lord sent me to do. I brought back Agag, king of the Amalek, and completely destroyed the Amalekites. The army took the sheep and cattle from the plunder in the best of what was consecrated to God to sacrifice them to the Lord your God in Gilgal. Does the Lord prefer burnt offerings and sacrifices or obedience to what he says? Samuel asked. Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. Paying attention is more important than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as bad as witchcraft and arrogance is as bad of the sin of idolatry. Because you have rejected the Lord's commands, he has rejected you as king. I have sinned, Saul confessed to Samuel. I disobeyed the Lord's orders and your instruction, because I was afraid of the people and followed what they said. So please forgive my sin and come back with me, so I can worship the Lord. But Samuel told him, I'm not going back with you. You have rejected the Lord's orders, and the Lord has rejected you as king of Israel. As Samuel turned away to leave, Saul grabbed hold of the hem of his robe and it ripped. Samuel said to him, The Lord has ripped the kingdom of Israel away from you today and has given it to your neighbor.
someone who is better than you. In addition, the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a human being who changes his mind. Yes, I have sinned, Saul replied. Please honor me now before the elders of my people and before Israel. Come back with me so that I may worship the Lord your God. So Samuel went back with Saul after all, and Saul worshiped the Lord. Then Samuel said, Bring me Agag, king of the Amalekites. Agag came to him confidently, for he thought, The threat of death of being killed must have passed. But Samuel said, In the same way that your sword has made women childless, so too your mother will be childless among women. Samuel cut Agag to pieces before the Lord at Gilgal. Samuel left for Ramah, and Saul went home to Gebeah of Saul. Until the day of his death, Samuel never visited Saul again. Samuel mourned over Saul, and the Lord regretted he had made Saul the king of Israel. A little bit of history. Looking back in 1903 on this very day, Richard Pierce did what many people thought was impossible. Pierce was a farmer and inventor who flew a monoplane of his own design several hundred yards along a road near Tamuka, New Zealand, and then landed it on top of a 12-foot-high hedge. Pierce had built the craft, which consisted of a steerable tricycle, undercarriage, and an internal combustion engine. He arguably made the first powered airplane flight. It wasn't until December 17, 1903, that Orville and Wilbur Wright, two American bicycle makers, made what most believe to be the first successful powered airplane flights in history near Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. Man's genius helps him do many wonderful things. Sometimes man can accomplish what most think is impossible, just as Pierce did. However, there is a limit over which he cannot go. Yet with God, all things are possible. Jonathan and his armor bearer learned that they could do the impossible with God. While the Israelite army quaked in fear of the enemy, Jonathan and his armor-bearer proved that with God they were in the majority. God honors the faith of those who trust him. The whole Hebrews Hall of Faith in chapter 11 is filled with men and women who dared to try the impossible because they believed God would help them. Looking deeper, when our faith is focused, mountains are moved. Jonathan had great faith in God, saying, Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. God gives us assurance as we do His will. Jonathan looked for a sign along the way to be assured that God was in the battle. God faithfully gave him that needed sign. We can do the impossible when God is with us. Jonathan and his armor-bearer were able to do more than a whole raiding party because their trust was in the God of Israel. God puts fear in our enemies' hearts when we trust Him and follow Him. Two men were able to strike terror in the enemy because God caused the Philistines to panic. When we do our part, God always does his. We are locked in divine partnership with our Lord. Jonathan and his armor-bearer gained victory because God was with them. Let's pray. Help me, Lord, to remember that with you we are a majority. You help me accomplish great things. May I never fall to fear, but rise to your command. Amen. Saints, looking forward to being with you in chapter 16.